When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dolores Presley is an international keynote speaker, published author, and business life coach with more than three decades of experience. She is a confidence strategist and president of Dolores Presley Worldwide and founder of She Elevates, a nonprofit organization created to empower girls to become confident leaders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. Her story has been featured in Speaker Magazine, Glamour, Washington Post, Essence, Ebony, and Marie Claire. She has appeared on the Bravo TV Network, Married to Medicine, TCT Network, Entertainment Tonight, and Oprah. She has received many awards, including the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award from President Barack Obama. Tonight, she shares her stories with us and Uncle Nearest, 1856. This is straight talk you won't hear anywhere else. I'm Galen Bingham, and this is the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Cheers. Fantastic. It reminds me of uh, something, and I always mess up this quote. It was Frank Sinatra that said something like, uh, the sweetest revenge is massive success. And so, yeah, the way you get back at that teacher, (laughs) that ballerina instructor, is to get booked on Oprah. Tell me a little bit about that experience. I can only imagine actually getting the call saying, yeah, you know, on Tuesday, September, whatever, you, you, we want you to come and, and you're going to have this conversation with, with Oprah. But I, I can only imagine that it would be even more sweet when you've put in the kind of work to make that happen. And I'm not necessarily just talking about all the letters that you sent, all the press clippings that you sent but the mental work of seeing it in your spirit, even though it wasn't there physically. Tell me a little bit about what went into that. Definitely, it was tenacity. It was the spirit of, it's going to happen, Dolores. You've seen this, you've visualized it, you believed it, and this has to happen. So I had sent my materials to her two and a half years (laughs) So think about that. I sent like maybe three times a year for two and a half years before I heard one word. 
But how many people would have given up after the first time they sent something or the second? But I kept going because I felt in my heart and spirit that it would happen. And other than marrying my husband, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Being on Oprah changed my life. It changed the trajectory of my life. And it wasn't even, I had written a book called Clean Out the Closets of Your Life. And I sent it to her, but they did not even talk about the book at all. And the one reason they told me is because it was self-published and they had ran into problems with self-publishers and couldn't get, I was like, let me experience that problem, you know, but they did. not <laughs> And it ended up being her favorite thing show, even though they told me I was going to be talking about teaching in America. She then decided that I was the teacher that she enjoyed and I was the teacher who she wanted to use as the face of that show. So the next day, it was on the Today Show picture. I wasn't there, but Oprah's picture and I was on the Today Show, Good Morning America, CBS Morning Show, David Letterman, all kinds of things. My phone was ringing off the hook. And as I had mentioned earlier that I was producing events for women, I was trying to get a sponsorship from a company. They call me at home, at home. I don't even know how they got my home number. They found my home number and gave me, I want to say like a $30,000 sponsorship that I had been working on forever, but I'm sure that they only gave it to me because I had been on Oprah. (laughs) So it was an incredible experience. And I've met her a couple of times and I'm sure I, and I've interacted with her a few more times, but I think I need time to interact with her even more. I heard in one of your talks where you were talking about that experience and you said that there was an energy that you felt when you were around her. And I talk about the energy that I hear a lot about President Bill Clinton and being around former President Barack Obama, that there's this energy, I've heard the same energy described about the Dalai Lama and the Pope. But talk to me a little bit about what is that energy that you experienced. How would you describe that and what is it? I believe it's a charisma. It's an aura. And Oprah, the way she made me feel, there was a lot of people around. And I think President, former President Barack Obama, they all make you feel like you're the only person in the room. So I could feel her aura. She was telling a joke in my ear. My picture with her is just like, because I'm cracking up laughing because she was joking, but I could literally feel her aura and no one else in the room mattered. And you think about how busy she is. But when she was talking to me, she was focused on me and me alone. And even from that day, I do the same thing because have you gone to events where people see someone else who's more important or they want to network with that person like, bye, Dolores. But I do that too. I focus on that individual while I'm interacting with that individual. And I think people with charisma and that aura, they do that. That's a little bit of what I felt when you and I were on the, the show together. I couldn't put my finger on what that was, what that is, but I think a lot about leadership and how leaders, the really effective leaders, they're able to transmit that same energy. And one of the things that I've uh, shared in the books that I've written is that leadership is very akin to personal excellence. Uh, The only difference is 
personal excellence is, is about trying to do that for yourself. And leadership is trying to do that for other people. What's the importance of that lesson that you just pulled out about staying focused on that other person when you're engaging with them? Because I, I see a lot of people doing just what you described. You know, yeah, we're having a conversation, but you know, it's clear that your mind is elsewhere. You're looking down, you're looking over my shoulder. Talk to me a little bit about how that translates to leadership. As far as leadership, you should be listening to people and you should be focused on what they do. And right back to the carriers you climb. And as a boss, and I do have a nonprofit that I run, we teach the girls to be girl bosses. But boss doesn't stand for bossing people around, you know, like a leader, like boss. It stands for bringing others success and significance. Mm. And I believe all leaders are true bosses where they bring others success and significance. Wow. I'm going to write that down. That is going to be towards the top of my mantra. You know, I I see so many people that, that get it wrong, that they think finally I'm at the top of the org chart. I am the boss. You've got to do what I say because I say. With leadership comes a certain degree of protection from insubordination. So people are going to do what you say, but you're not going to get that little extra. You're not going to get those pleasant surprises. They're not going to be thinking, what else can I do to advance this mission? If you don't have that energy about you that you really care for other people. Give me some examples of what you've seen when people have gotten it wrong, when they were They didn't understand your definition of being a boss and they were playing on the other side. I think they lose really good people. If they're not connected to their boss, many times I think people leave companies just because they cannot get along with the person that's bossing them around per se or leading them with no compassion and Mm -hmm. empathy. Those kind of bosses are not good. Those are not good leaders. Even if they don't leave the company, they're not going to give their all because they don't believe that you appreciate it. I mean, I tell my team so much. Sometimes they're like, Dolores, okay, we got it. We know you appreciate us, okay? And I think that's important. You have to really let people know that you care. And what happened to being nice? And I've also learned that even, say, if a cashier's rough and might talk to me, you don't really know what that person's going on in their lives. One of my friends passed away yesterday. So I might have been a little like, ugh, or whatever, but I chose not to be. So we never know what's going on in a person's life. So let's just show some empathy. Let's just show some kindness. Let's just be nice. You can lead and be nice. There's nothing wrong with that. Wow. Because I think you're right. People feel like I've got to be mean in order to be respected or in order for people to do what I ask. And there are options. There are alternatives. I understand that you are a big Phyllis Hyman fan. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> love her music. I love her music. But you know what else? Because she did, from what they say, took her own life. And she wasn't confident. There was something going on. I just wish I could have talked to her Mm. (laughs) and tell her how amazing and beautiful. And I mean, she was stunningly beautiful. 
But that's the thing. If you don't realize that yourself, and obviously she didn't, it's just, but I love her music. Oh my God. I, you don't want me to sing for you or anything, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to sing, then I'm going to need some, see, you're going to make me break out uh, some Living All Alone, which is my favorite Phyllis Hyman. Yeah. But actually, I, I watched a story about her and she is often listed on one of these unsung, unheralded people who have to really know about her in order to know about her. What are your thoughts around how a talent as booming as hers, as big of a personality as she was uh, on the microphone, what do you think causes a talent like that not to recognize their own gifts, like you just said? It, it was so obvious to all of her fans, but for her, she needed some convincing that she obviously did not get. I think sometimes it's your environment because someone we don't know may have been saying things to her that we don't know, feeding things negatively into her. So your environment can cause you to not really believe in yourself and all that. And I say, when you come around toxic people, just say hello and goodbye. <laughs> um, Sometimes like Dolores, my husband's toxic or my wife's toxic. Then I said, you need to communicate with them and let them know how you're feeling. And communication is very, very important. And I just feel like she didn't because all these images on television and they're a little better now, but not a whole lot. And even when we're teaching the girls and other women, I'm like, those images on the cover of those magazines have been doctored so much. They're not real photoshopped and everything else. And I think all that stuff, because then you have to stop and really think about who you are. Think about that you were created with a purpose. And I don't think she recognized that incredible purpose that she had. Oh my goodness. So if you're listening to this, and you've got any kind of old school in you, you need to go get some Phyllis Hyman. I remember the first time, okay, so now I'm going to tell on myself. The first time I heard Phyllis Hyman living all alone, I was actually on a date and was trying my best to demonstrate the gentlemanly skills and chivalry that my parents and grandparents taught me. So I was trying to be focused on my companion. And that song came on the radio and I was like, oh my Lord. And I think I stopped talking to my date at the time, turned up the radio, just really just a booming talent that I just couldn't understand at the time. And to your point, although it was obvious to all of us, it's something how we get those stories in our head. And usually those stories come from adults, and I'm doing air quotes right now, when we're very, very young. And we heard your story about someone telling you, well, you couldn't be a ballerina. And sometimes that motivates us to success, like it has obviously done for you. Sometimes those stories go the opposite direction. It's just amazing to me how we continue to let those stories rattle around in our brain. 
And it's nothing wrong with getting help, especially a counselor or something. African-American people as Black people, sometimes if you say you're going to a counselor, you know, oh, she's crazy or he's crazy. But no, get help. I don't know if Phil Simon seeked help, but definitely don't be afraid or ashamed of reaching out to a psychologist, a psychiatrist, whatever it is you need. Get the help. Get the help. There is so much power in asking. A lot of people feel like asking is a sign of weakness when actually asking is a sign of strength. Really is. I currently have two coaches and a therapist. This world can get complicated. And it's all about what you make of it, right? A book title that uh, I've been kicking around for, for years and I haven't done anything with it. So I might see this on the next cover of your book. <laughs> but all of life is lived inside your head. You know, all of life is lived inside our heads. If we've got a negative view, I think it was Einstein that said the first decision we make is whether we live in a safe or an unsafe world. After you make that decision, all the other decisions get filtered. And so I'm just really, really excited about the work that you're doing at an incredibly high level. You are actually making my wildest dreams seem possible. Your Oprah Winfrey is probably, for me, Fawn Weaver, who is the CEO and the general manager behind Uncle Nearest. I really like the story and I really like the whiskey. And so I'm going to put this out here right now that I need to have a conversation, a podcast conversation with Fawn Weaver, who is, in my mind, what she's doing is impossible. It's not possible to create a whiskey brand today and give it a story full of legacy that's tied to slavery with the face of African-Americans and do that as a woman. That's just not possible. But yet she's doing it. So, Fawn, you are on notice. (laughs) On notice. It's going to happen. I think of how I can help you make that happen too. And anyone who's listening, you're probably going to have someone who's listening that knows her. <laughs> there you go. So now what's next for you? What what are you what are you putting on notice? I know. I think sometimes I'm like, Dolores, you've done a lot of things. So I did start the nonprofit for young girls to help them become confident leaders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. But I have a new brand that I'm working on, and it's called Confidence Redefined. And it's all about success comes in all sizes. And I'm working on a lot of research and putting together focus groups on what causes women or stuff to say, you know, this old dress or what causes them not to be able to generate the confidence that they need at the time. Again, we might not be confident at all times, but if you're going in for a new job, you need to go in confidently. So that is actually what I'm working on right now is confidence redefined. Success comes in all sizes. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that 
slightly less than I love you. Oh, I'll right back to you. <laughs> because I have just really enjoyed not only this conversation, but all of the conversations that we've had uh, over the past month, because li- literally two months ago, I would have had no idea that you and I would be having this conversation. And now we're both on Clubhouse together, done a couple of rooms together. And this is the second podcast conversation. I'm just going to put you on notice that this will not be the last. I've got to have you back at some point because I am absolutely determined that I am going to define this energy that I get whenever I am in the same virtual space as you. You are just absolutely a delight. I've got a couple of other people that who I've met that you and I both know that causes you to believe that I can do absolutely anything because Dolores said I could. And uh, I just, again, want to thank you for that space that you're holding in the in the world. Any parting words that you want to share with our audience I promised my my listeners that I would bring in some amazing friends and they would leave leave them with some jewels and gems that they can use to create the kind of life that they want. Are there any parting words that you'd want that you'd love to share? Just wanting to feel what I need to say to your audience. I, I'm really feeling that. You have to truly believe in yourself. Truly believe in yourself. And once you do, and even knowing that you are so worthy, once you understand your worth, you will be paid your value. That's a good place to end. And so with that, let's let's raise our glass. We're going to toast out and uh, I've just enjoyed this conversation and uh, we're going to cheers on the other side. Cheers. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.